We're quickly coming on what many are calling the holiday season. You know, it's that time of parties, family, a lot of eating. But we know there is so much more to it than that. Well, welcome to Bible Studies for Life adult podcast, co-hosted by uh, Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And we're going to be jumping into the issue of uh, talking about Thanksgiving, what it means to give thanks to God. Chris, good to see you again. Hey, thanks, Lynn. I'm a little distracted here. I got to tell you, I'm looking at a piece of pumpkin pie on a picture and uh, it's really appetizing. It looks beautiful and I haven't had lunch and uh, a lot of good about that pumpkin pie right there. All right. Well, we are not going to rush through this podcast just so you can go eat. So. Oh, OK. Well, <laughs> I was trying to throw it out there. Hey, uh, we always have someone with us. And today, Brian Gass is joining us. Brian, great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, Brian, Brian, Brian is no uh, no stranger to this. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, Brian Gass has been with us before. But Brian is stepping into a new role with this particular podcast. So, Chris, what is he going to what is different about Brian this go round? Well, Brian, uh, we we have invited you to write this lesson. Uh, this session for us. So thank you for doing that. So you're not only talking as a fellow content editor, but you're talking as the author of the content. Yeah, like quite a challenge, but thanks you guys for the invitation. Well, when we were doing our, our uh, study development uh, way back when and looking toward this particular fall uh, that we're in right now, uh, we come up to Thanksgiving, we want to do something special. So I just said, hey, Brian, have you ever preached a sermon? I know you've preached sermons on Thanksgiving. Do you have any that I could look at? And he gave us me this particular one called Give Thanks to God. Uh, and I thought this really has is great Bible study fodder, how he unpacked Psalm 100. So uh, Brian shared his sermon with me and we used it to craft a sermon, uh, the Bible study. Uh, so, Brian, I, I appreciate you doing that for us. Well, it was a great benefit to me, too. So thanks a bunch. So, Brian, what was it like? Uh, changing roles, changing hats, and being a writer or author as opposed to someone who just edits content? Well, writing this one session gave me a great appreciation for those who write an entire unit. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> it took a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, you know, I develop a sermon each week to preach as a bivocational pastor, and Time always seems short to do that, but my goodness, um, this was tough, especially knowing that there were going to be so many people reading it, not only people that I work with all the time, but just the folks out there in the churches. Um, but I'll tell you, the bigger challenge was not moving from editor to writer, but moving from writer back to editor because uh, because of our page count and everything. My particular piece, the adult piece, uh, we have to chop a little bit. And this was like cutting off limbs. I mean, these were personal stories I shared about our time as missionaries. And some of them just uh, hit the editing room floor and uh, it was painful. So what's so something you may not realize uh, is that uh, we have several editions of Bible studies for life, adult, young adult, senior adult. There's a daily discipleship guide. But what you may not realize is some of those have actually more 
a, a bigger word count. Uh, Chris in his senior adult resource uh, actually has more words. So if you're using the senior adult material or the King James adult material, you're actually getting to read more of Brian's words uh, as opposed to what Brian having to edit, uh, having to cut paragraphs. Uh, so I'm sure that was painful, Brian. Yeah, and I'm thankful for a, a wonderful production editor, Anna, who went behind me. It's it, I wouldn't trust myself to edit my own writing alone. So it's good that we have a team of people around us. Well, let's just jump into the study that we've been talking about, but let's actually get into it then. This is Psalm 100, and uh, great Psalm of Thanksgiving. And let me just remind you, as we meet for, over this podcast and as you meet with your group, this is our focus. Our thanks and worship belong to God. Verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 100. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful songs. So I've noticed in the last several years how uh, the TV and movies, those kind of things, um, talk shows have adapted Thanksgiving. And so they talk about being thankful, but they don't talk at all about who they're thankful for, that God is the one who has provided Mm. and given. Um, It's almost like a a toast (laughs) as opposed to a prayer of Thanksgiving to God. You guys experienced any of that? Oh, yeah, that's I like the way you said that. Yeah, it's just a vague toast. Uh, Yeah, you're right. It is. It's vague. We are thankful for this. We are thankful for that. Well, who are you thankful to? That'd be good to know. And the the writer here, uh, David in Psalm, makes it clear he is thankful to God for all that he has done and, and, and is, is a, it's a call to, to worship God, to uh, worship him with, cl- and to serve him with, with gladness. There is a connection here as it talks about service. Uh, this word is often sometimes translated worship uh, that there, there is, should be a very strong connection between our worship and our service that how I serve God is an act of worship to him. Yeah, there was a good Wearsby quote that I used there. Um, I figure, you know, hey, if I refer to Wearsby, it's going to be better than anything I can write. But uh, (laughs) I did give him credit. Worship leads to service and true service is worship. I don't know how many times I told our kids while they were doing their chores or whatever. Hey, whatever you do, kids, you do it as unto the Lord. This is an act of worship. Let's think of it that way. Uh, sometimes they rolled their eyes, but I think by the, uh, by the end of their upbringing, they got it pretty well. So one of the questions that we ask um, uh, is what are some of the obstacles to serving the Lord with gladness? Um, so I, I think it's a great question. I think we, I think people can get um, caught up in in routine, uh, or this is what's expected, or I have to, and and lose that expression of thanksgiving and doing it so with gladness, worshiping with gladness. That's a good point. Yeah, it just becomes very routine. I want us to remember too, as we talk about Thanksgiving, and even with this, certainly this psalm. There's a corporate element to this as well. This certainly, as an individual, I need to be thankful. 
But there's that strength when I come together with others to express thanksgiving. You know, as he says there in verse two, to come before him with joyful songs. That as I am expressing thanks to God in, in a in, like in my Bible study group, I'm actually encouraging others to offer thanksgiving as well, and vice versa. Uh, as someone might share a specific way that they're so thankful to God for what He's done in their life in 2021, it will trigger for me and for others. Oh yes, I'd forgotten God has worked in my life in the same way. Again, the value of corporate worship corporate expressions of thanksgiving yeah we really are in this together and as much as you hear about people who say you know hey i can go out in the woods in the woods and worship god on my own and it's just as good and and be a lone ranger christian or that kind of thing the testimony i hear over and over from people who have fallen out of church and then come back is wow i've forgotten how much i miss being around others and worshiping the lord and hearing their testimonies and all uh, we've experienced a little bit at coming out of uh, COVID where people have just been so grateful to be back together to worship. So I, I, I think that's right. Got to tell you guys, the old hymn runs is running through my head uh, that serve him with gladness in his courts of song. You know, I just uh, can't help it. it. It It's just there. Well, well Chris, that's great. Chris, why don't you go ahead and sing it for us? We'll wait. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's, uh, in verse three, then we've talked about we serve the Lord with gladness, but we're also, we should acknowledge that the Lord is God. That's verse three. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we're his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Yeah, I tried to focus on two aspects there in this verse. One is God is our creator. And uh, talked a little bit about just what all that means and the, the beauty of God's creation. And, of course, the image of God impressed upon each of us, um, first and foremost among that. But also that God is our shepherd. And that is such a personal picture. We think of the 23rd Psalm. We think of Jesus referring to himself as the good shepherd. And uh, if we're not if we're not careful, we'll think of God almost like the deist does when we think of him as our creator. You know, he wound the clock and it's beautiful and all that, but he's far off. Um, the picture of the shepherd reminds us that he's also the one who picks us up in his arms when, when we need to be picked up and he holds us and he cares for us. I like this Rem- word acknowledge that the, the verse begins with, you know, we're talking about Thanksgiving and it doesn't say thank him. It's just, it's acknowledged because you know, process, think about this. He is your creator. He is your shepherd. And I think just the the natural consequence of that, as I think about that and acknowledge it, I am drawn to thank him for his creation, his purpose in my life. And then as that shepherd role in my life of being there to take care of me, to take care of us together. Psalm 95 has that same thought, that same idea of coming and worshiping, acknowledging God uh, and and expressing thanksgiving to him. And verse six of Psalm 95 says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, uh, the sheep of his hand. So it, it has that very same emphasis uh, in, in, in a Psalm, Psalm 95. And of course, from a salvific perspective, we know that we, we truly acknowledge God through repentance and faith, and it's a response to what he has done for us. 
Right. And that response is not just in our words. It comes out then again in our, we're serving him with gladness that uh, it comes out in our actions as well. The last uh, two verses of Psalm 100 verses four and five, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations we see there just that call for us to give thanks to him. Bless his name. You guys know that I love the discussion dynamic of what we do with Bible studies for life. And there are some great questions to ask um, about God's faithfulness. One is what are some specific ways God has, has demonstrated his faithfulness in your life? Another one, uh, I think, Brian, it's in yours is how, how have you seen God's faithfulness affect generations of people? And uh, those are great questions to, to get the people in our groups talking about uh, the passage itself. Yeah, it really is. In the life of a church, I mean, yes, a lot of churches still do like a homecoming celebration where they have folks come back who've been important in the life of the church and uh, people tell stories about what God has done through that church in the community. I think that's also true of our groups. And when we, when we tell those stories, boy, it just really reinvigorates our faith. All right. So we have been in Psalm 100, just it's a, it's a very short Psalm, but I think there is so much for us to dig in and to dialogue about. Of course, leaders, I encourage you to really dig into the commentary that's in your leader guide uh, or use the commentary that's provided also an advanced Bible study, Herschel Hobbes commentary, to really get into the, the wonderful beauty of this psalm. But as you lead your group in this, keep coming back to that thing that our thanks and worship belong, not as Chris was saying the culture does, just to something out there. It belongs to God. Our thanks and our worship belong to God and to God alone. Amen. So we, uh, as you head into uh, the celebration of Thanksgiving, this is a great setup and it'll give people an opportunity to talk about um, together about what they're thankful for and uh, hope that this is a good experience for you. Let me just uh, remind you, teachers, that as we're wrapping up our fall studies, we're going to be right back into the study of Abraham next week. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, but after that, we're starting winter studies. Uh, we've got a great study coming up called Irrefutable. And it's looking at the birth of Jesus for six weeks, the events surrounding the birth. But what I love is we're looking at it from Old Testament prophecies uh, to see that th this wasn't just some event that just happened. It had been on God's radar. It had been part of God's purpose and planning for centuries. So we're going to look at those Old Testament prophets, prophecies, see how they're fulfilled. But let me encourage you to encourage your folks to be a part of this study. It's in December. I know people are going to be traveling. Parties are going to be here, here and there, but have them be a part of this study. And we have provided a promotional video for you to use to, to uh, encourage your participation. You'll find this at BibleStudiesForLife.com. If you are on extra, if you just look there on extra or on the side, uh, you'll see a reference to the uh, sermon outlines. Sermon outlines also have those uh, these promotional videos there, uh, but it's free. It's just 60 seconds. You can put it on your Facebook page, put it on your church website. You can put these in emails, get them to get, just get it into your hands, your folks to let them see this 
uh, as a teaser and a reminder, there is a great study coming up. I want to be a part of it. So that's the irrefutable promotional video. So, Thanks. Brian, let's uh, let's close this out with you t- uh, sharing one of your wonderful tips for teaching. All right. Happy to. Now, Lynn didn't know what I was going to give for a teaching tip, uh, but he he teed me up there. He uh, he set me up <laughs> with the planning of God. Um, my focus uh, today is on managing your time. Uh, just an encouragement not to uh, don't think that letting God lead means winging it. Uh, but have a plan for your session, your teaching session. Uh, the amount of people who can convincingly wing it while leading a class or study effectively is probably about 90% smaller than the amount of people who think they can <laughs> wing it successfully. And uh, group members will attest to that. But have an idea of what your key points will be and what you want to touch on. Sketch out an outline to guide you so that you aren't led astray by tangents and what ifs and random questions or better yet, use our leader guide. And we help to do that for you. Um, But even still, you know your group and how much time you've got to unpack the commentary or introduce extra teaching ideas that we've given. We've given you way more than you could ever use. And so you still need a plan. So just be wise with time management, even as you prepare. He can do it all, Lynn. He writes, he edits, he gives teaching tips. Thank you, there Brian. You go. <laughs> Three pointers every now and then. <laughs> hey, listen, thanks, Brian, for being with us. And uh, I want to thank you again for uh, those of you who are listening to our podcast. We do this for you. Hope it's been beneficial to you and uh, hope that this helps you as you prepare to teach this week. God bless you and come back and be with us next week.